Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paint Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I am joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, not looking as good today as you do usually on Thursdays. We're recording this a little bit early. No offense, it's earlier in the week, but you still look really, really good. Tell us what's on your t-shirt. I guess it says 0% vegetarian. That's right. That's right. 100% beef here. I, Chris Schaefer, 100% beef. That's what I'm here for, and I'm here to to serve the meat. Uh, Jason is the side order, and uh, hey, glad to be here. We're, we've got some great stuff to talk about. It's always fun to chat with my buddy, who I've seen face-to-face, never body-to-body. Um, it's been a fun few years we're coming up to gosh like six year anniversary something like that i mean can you can you believe that honestly i was thinking about that the other day it's it's crazy it's ridiculous it's 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 been fun we've watched jason we've watched a lot of changes a lot we watched a lot of changes in google ads and we talk about them and that's that's what we're going to talk about today guys there's another change so brace yourself (laughs) there's another change you've probably heard about it um if you haven't we're going to give you all the news, and then we're going to get into the details of why you're here. You know, we're going to talk about the interpretation, what that means. Uh, so let's jump in with the show. And before we jump in, I want to remind you about Optio. Optio.com slash PSP2. The link is in the description. And it's very important that I tell you because you need to go to that URL to get a special offer from our one and only sponsor that keeps this show going. Guys, they're going to be around for a long time because, I mean, we've been talking about Optio for a long time, but they continue to inspire many successes with Google Ads managers around the world. This software is just getting better and better. You're going to like it. If it didn't work they 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 wouldn't be a sponsor, right? They they wouldn't still be here. But it works. We keep hearing about it from the listeners, and it just keeps working. People are constantly surprised. They're not, you know, they're not the kind of company that just you click it and it says auto optimize. This tool helps smart people do smart things in Google Ads and get it done faster. That's why we like the tool. Is because you're listening to this show because you want to be a Google ads manager that thinks that makes optimizations that are smart. And this tool helps smart people make smart decisions. You're going to love the tool. Use the link in the description to get an eight week free trial. I'll tell you what, you can just use the chat box, let them know you heard about it on the show. And that's how you're going to get your eight week free trial. Try it out. You're going to like it. Thanks, Chris. And yeah, today we're talking about the fact that expanded text ads are going to be phased out. We're going to cover that news. We're going to talk about, well, then what is your option if expanded text ads are going away at some point? Your option is responsive ads. And so we're going to be talking about what those are. And then we're going to finish up today's episode with some insights about our experience with responsive search ads to date and the performance we've seen from them. And also, as we always do on the show, just some deep level, higher level thinking about some possibilities with responsive search ads. So Chris, let's start off with the news. We'll have a link in the show description to the Google Help article, uh, but just to give you the details here. And so the title of the article, Making It Easier to Show the Right Message on Search, August 31, 2021. That's in the Google Ads help area of their website. And 
basically what's happening is expanded text ads are being phased out. And so the option going forward uh, is going to be responsive ads. So they say starting June 30th, 2022. So not quite a year from now, but almost a year from now as we record this responsive search ads will be the only search ad that can be created or edited in standard search campaigns. This change will help simplify the way you create search ads and make it easier for you to drive performance with our automated tools. Uh, So Chris, just June 30th, 2022, you'll no longer be able to create or edit expanded text ads. However, your existing expanded text ads will continue to serve alongside your responsive ads and you'll still see their performance. You'll be able to pause and resume your expanded text ads or remove them. But what you won't be able to do as of June 30th, 2022 for your expanded text ads, you won't be able to create new ones or edit your existing ones. So they're still going to run alongside responsive, but you won't be able to edit them or create new ones. So the wording I would use is basically starting in end of June, 2022, they're being phased out. Expanded text ads are going to start being phased out. Like you said, at the top of the show, we've been doing this for six years. I think our reactions to changes in Google ads have changed and matured quite a bit. We're able to handle it a lot better. You seem to be very cool, calm and collected Overall, first impressions of this change, how did you hear about it? How did you take the news? What's your initial reaction? Um, I absolutely love that they gave us such a big buffer. This is probably the, I mean, we know things are going to change. So the change is not surprising. What's surprising is that they gave us such a, you know, a big time frame to prepare ourselves. And then second, as you noted in your read, we get we we can actually continue to use them. So there's only one thing that's changing starting uh, July of 2022 is you can't create anymore or edit them, right? So you could technically kind of write your Christmas ads, you know, for 2022 ahead of time. You know, like you could like pr- you know create a bunch of stuff ahead of time. And still be good for a while, you know, and, and and you can pause them, you can enable them. So, I mean, for those that are just absolutely like against using responsive search ads, um, you could still use expanded search ads for quite a, quite a long time. Um, so, you know, I, I, I do applaud because there's some other changes that have happened in the past year that were kind of like, hey, real quick, we're going to change this like in, in two weeks, just so you know. Like, so, I mean, that's... That's encouraging. I do like that they are working with the community, giving us plenty of time to plan and prepare. And then when the change comes, it's not quite as abrupt as what we've seen before. Yes, uh, that was also my biggest initial reaction was the amount of time there was between the announcement and then the, the when this change actually takes place. And honestly, when I read that article, I was shocked that it was almost a year from now. Um, that just seemed like so much time to me compared to changes in the past. So I think that's good news. But, you know, Chris, you mentioned, you know, you can stock up on expanded text ads. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you have some that work really well, you can make some duplicates of those currently and see if you can make them even better and be prepared for this change. But I mean, once Google decides something like this, my opinion is it's just 
best to just roll with the change and, and embrace it. So with that said, what is our option here? Our option is just to embrace responsive ads. And so that's what we have to do. We have to double down our knowledge on them. And the nice thing is you have almost a year to get a ton of experience with them. So with that said, let's talk about responsive ads. You know, someone calls you, they say, hey, Chris, I heard about these responsive ads on search campaigns. What are they? How, how do you kind of think about them from a high level? Yeah, I like responsive ads in, 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 in that it uh, is easy for advertisers to fail at writing them because you get you don't just get headline one, two, three, you get headline one, 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 two, 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 three, 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 right? I mean, you get like lots of options and any of those can be swapped around. So the easiest answer of, you know, what is a responsive search ad is it's basically you adding a whole bunch of information to a bunch of blank lines about what your business does and why someone should click on your ad. And then Google randomly pick, picks the best one for that one search instance. So for that auction, yeah, for that one auction. Thank you. So I absolutely understand um, why Google does it uh, because Jason, as you and I know very well, there's a lot of people that think they use Google ads well, but they just don't, they don't think about the number one, the not the one, number one thing, the only thing that people see on google.com. They see your ad copy, Right. How many questions do we hear about bidding and keywords compared to ad copy? People don't think about it. They don't think about well, it. I mean, even our, I mean, just to be humble for a second, even ourselves, I mean, look at, you know, how often we talk about search terms. We talk about cost per conversion, your bids and your search terms, that conversion rates, that's where you can get to your cost per conversion. That's how you define profitability. Yes, all that stuff to me is the most important stuff. That's why we talk about it the most. But ad copy, you make a fair point. Like it, from the user's perspective, it's not like the most important thing. It's the only thing only they thing. see. Yep. And so I would say, you know, again, just to be humble, I'm guilty of this. Just to speak for you, you're guilty of this. Everyone's guilty of this. I think, and I'm just kidding with you, but tell me if you agree <laughs> no, about this I with am, yourself. <laughs> Probably the biggest hole in my Google Ads game, the thing I need to make the most improvement on is... I don't write enough ads. Yeah. I, I think I'll admit to that. Do, do you find yourself oh, absolutely. thinking if, you know, what could you be doing a better job of? I think really putting in time into a lot more ads. And if that's the case, the nice thing about responsive ads, you basically create two, three, four, seven, 15 different ads combinations from one ad. So I think it allows all of us to do something better that we should be doing better, which is creating more ads so I, I that's the way i look at it responsive ads are just multiple ads in one ad creation yeah if you will uh do you think that's a fair way to look at it do you think that's a problem a lot of people have they don't write enough ads i i i think so i mean just this isn't a discussion about you know how to write better ad copy is this you know it, it, that's not what we're talking about but a very quick example is one of the big Things that I see all the time is people put their company name or product name or just the raw service or, or, or whatever that they're providing right in the headline one. So if it's Joe's plumbing, he's 
they're literally just going to put Joe's plumbing like right in the headline, which is which which isn't very valuable uh, for the consumer because they don't know who Joe is and they don't they don't care. They just want to know: Are you in my area? Do you have a good price? Do you do what I want? So it's um it's absolutely uh, something that I think uh, this change will bring about some some value. Okay, Chris. So the big thing here is that you have you basically put a bunch of ad copy into one ad, bunch of headlines. I'm going to look at it here. A bunch of descriptions as well. Uh, more headlines and descriptions. Interestingly, you only have two paths that you can add: the first path and the second yeah. on the display URL. Yeah. Kind of weird. Maybe they could add that in the future. More options there so they can test stuff. And then finally, if you want to, hey, did you know at the bottom, you can put in a different final URL for mobile. So I thought that was interesting. So basically, Chris, what's the point of all this text? It's that Google can test stuff out for different search users on different auctions. So if you put in, let's look at the number here, 12 headlines and you put in four descriptions different descriptions these descriptions are very long and you're only going to show two or three headlines on a on a search ad and you have 12 to pick from so is it fair to say this is a little bit of a black box kind of stuff where we know that they test stuff we know that they show different results to different users on different keywords on different devices other than that is there anything to know about that they're testing this stuff or is it kind of just you throw a bunch out there and then let them do their thing is kind of uninvolved as that sounds yeah, from our, our perspective. It's it really it really is just kind of throwing stuff at the wall. But one thing that we had with we had back with uh, expanded text ads and we still have with the responsive search ads is that sometimes they only show two headlines. They don't always show three. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. where you think, well, you know, they're gonna grab, you know, I'm gonna pin this one. We haven't talked about pinning yet, but you know, I'm, I might do this one on first, this one second, this one third. You never have a guarantee that they're going to show three. So not only is there a variation between which one's going to be first, which one's second, which one's third, it might just be there is no third. There's only a first and second. So when you take that into account, there is tons and tons of variability um, on on how the ad shows. Then you, you and then you throw in you know, site links and call outs and whether the phone number is going to show or not that the, whether both descriptions are going to show or just one description. I mean, there is a huge number of variation that, um, that can be shown on these uh, responsive search ads. So, um, you know, the great thing is you create one and, you know, you don't really feel need to feel that guilty if you don't touch it again for months and months, because, you know, the whole, the whole thing's just kind of, an, an ecosystem of testing. It's just a petri dish of headlines and descriptions that just kind of mold and change. I, I'd say the biggest thing for me to get over when I first started using responsive ads is when I think about expanded text ads, I think about headline one, I think about headline two, headline three. And what I say in headline one is usually different than two or three. Yeah. Two and three are usually like supportive things. Headline one is a lot of like keyword usage to catch the eye and stuff. And I think one of the hardest things for me has been putting in what I think are good headline twos and threes into that overall headline options area for the responsive ad and just hoping that Google uses them the right way or that they perform well or that if they don't, 
then Google doesn't use them or that Google sees that they perform better as a two or a three. Um, That was the hardest hurdle to get over. But at this point, I am over that. It's just just not in your control. Now, Chris, we have, uh, speaking of control, we have an interesting thing here. I am scanning my mouse cursor over my description, um, over my headlines. I've got 15 in there all 15 out of 15, and then over my descriptions, all four out of four. And as I highlight my mouse cursor over one row at a time, I see this little pin come up on the right side. And it says pinning. So what is pinning? I I think of pinning as like Google throwing us a bone in, in the responsive search ad system. You know, without pinning, we would have absolutely no control. So it's a very small ability, a a small ability for us to make some decisions in a system that would be entirely optimized based on Google's algorithm. So it is, I think it's a great medium uh, for us to have a little creative control in what is first position, what's second position, what's third position, but also allowing Google to decide which one of those are going to be first. So if I write four headlines and that's all I write, um, I might be able to say this headline has to be first, this headline and this headline, the, you know, these two have to be second. And then this headline has to be third. So essentially what I've done is I created a, an ad that's going to always show this headline first and then one and two, or excuse me, the second headline is going to swap between those other two, and then the third one's going to be uh, determined and never change. So, I mean, there's a lot of creativity, a lot of stuff that we can do there where you can decide only pin this one, only pin this one for for this, and then maybe the you know all the other nine headlines are entirely up to Google's discretion. You know where they're gonna where they're gonna show them. So, if you have a headline like "In Business Since 1995." probably you would think if someone does a search moving companies, Oklahoma city, and then the headline number one, the first thing that catches the <laughs> in eye business, yeah. in business since 1995. <laughs> right. I don't know. It doesn't seem the best. So maybe you could pin that to position two or position three and tell Google, Hey, I am giving you this headline out of what as one of my 15 here, but I want it to only show up in position two or I only want it to show up as headline three, I should say, mm-hmm. even though they use the word position there. And then it looks like on, descriptions you can tell google when you pin it whether you're willing to leave it in position one or two apparently some ads can show two uh descriptions at a time Mm -hmm. so um you can tell it if you want to be the top description or the bottom description so now interestingly when you highlight or when you go over the question mark on pinning it says Pinning isn't recommended for most advertisers because assets won't automatically combine into ads that can improve performance. Right. So it's going a little bit against the That's why I say it's uh, a spirit yeah. of responsive ads. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's why I say it's kind of a a a compromise on Google's behalf, right? They're giving us a little bit of control in a system that's really built for no control and just set it and forget it. So I, you know, again, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad they gave us that because it's not, it's not something that they, you know, usually allow. They, they, they usually go with, well, you know, you, you, you pick the creative, we'll decide what to do from there. You know, you pick the keyword, we'll decide what it matches to. 
So I'm, I'm glad that we have that ability, but, and I do think it can be abused and used to the point that you're trying to mimic expanded text. Expand, ads. Yeah. And I think that's a mistake. I think you'll suffer. I don't, I don't pin. Uh, the only thing I pin are opponents when I'm in amateur wrestling <laughs> matches here right. as a that's right. father of two in my mid thirties. That's what I do on the weekends. <laughs> I do amateur wrestling, Chris. Um, <laughs> No, that's the only thing I pin. Um, I pin down a nice steak with my fork in my left hand, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. you know, cut my little piece in my right hand with the knife. And then you know what I do, Chris? Probably something you don't do. I take my knife, I put it down. Don't. I transfer my fork from my left hand oh, to my right hand. You're proper. I pick it up with my right hand and I put the piece into my mouth. And then I do another thing you probably don't do. Yeah. I chew with my mouth closed. <laughs> Your wife's told me about it, so don't worry about it. We're going to try to teach you, Chris. That's Never true. too late. That's true. So, uh, yeah, the, I don't do any pinning is my point. Yeah. To me, it's just a false confidence thing. It's a false control thing. Okay, what? I'm going to pin one out of 15 headlines, and then the other 14 are going to... I mean, what am I really doing there other than causing problems for myself and not using the thing as it's intended to be? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, what I find myself doing is I don't write... Those headlines that say in business since 1993, you know, I just don't write them anymore because. Well, it's forced you to up, maybe up your game yeah. or elevate your ad copy. Well, you know, what what, wow. what I do instead, you know, if, if it's plumbing, uh, you know, I'll say, you know, plumber available near you. And then I might do another ad that says great plumber near you or affordable plumber near you. You know, I, 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 I do variations of the same kind of thing, you know, I, instead of just going with some you know, crap headline that's like in business since 1993. I mean, when, that's the kind of thing that is not going to be a deciding factor for a click. You know, that might be a deciding factor for a phone call on the landing call page, out. you know, a call out. There you go. Something like that, but yeah. not a headline. Site link description. Yeah, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. But so instead I, yeah, just like you said, I have to. Oh, and you're right. Yeah. And creativity. Description. So yeah, I, 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 when it comes down to it, I don't use pinning. Um, it's not something I use very often. I use it only whenever, you know, a client request, you know, really, really say, this has to be here. Or this has to be here. But most of the time, no, you know, I, I'm going to let Google decide for me. That's usually going to work better. I, I think I came to that, uh, conclusion as well, because I was telling you earlier, the headline two, headline three, I was worried that those wouldn't be a good fit for where you can't control where they show up. You know, recently I've learned more about pinning, but like you, I've kind of gotten away from them because I've kind of been like, okay, if if I don't have control where, how often this shows up or in what combinations it shows up or with the descriptions, which ones it shows up with, maybe it's not right for a headline and maybe it's better for a description. And I think one thing people will find is they get into responsive ads, it challenges you to come up with a lot of ad copy because 15, 30 character headlines- yeah. That's a lot of headlines. And then four up to 90 character descriptions. It's a lot. Now, interestingly, uh, they'll give you some suggestions for your headlines. They, they seem to like when you use your phrases of your keywords in the headlines. That seems to be rewarded with your ad strength. Also, with your descriptions, they will pull copy from your website. I, I've seen this, and they, they plug it in there and give it to you as ideas. Um, the, I guess the final part of what is a responsive search ad is to keep an eye on the ad strength. 
as you're filling out a response to search ads and trying different headlines and actually typing in your headlines and descriptions, you will see an ad strength box pop up that tells you how strong your ad is. And I guess it goes from poor to good to higher levels of good and all that kind of stuff. But it shows you on a, a bar how if you're fully good or not. It also tells you the four things they like to see in the headlines. Add more headlines. Include popular keywords in your headlines. Make your headlines more unique. That one always, yeah, that, I always feel yeah. like that's a little rude to me. I'm like, <laughs> you want me to use the popular headlines but also be unique? <laughs> what does unique mean here? Yeah. So you got that for headlines and then also make your descriptions more unique. Uh, they seem to like that. And if you're doing it, they'll check the box and, and tell you you're doing it. And if not, you can click on view ideas and get some ideas. So they help you, uh, but I would definitely not force a poor ad strength ad in there. I have a suspicion that you're going to find you're getting served more, getting better results, quality score, and all that kind of stuff if your ad strength is strong versus poor. Yeah. I mean, call me crazy, but I mean that just seems to be common sense there. Yeah. And so I'm always worried. I'm I'm always considering that and making sure I do have a strong ad when I punch one of these in. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not a surprise that Google moves this direction because if you think about what's happened with keywords. Right. Um, years and years ago, keywords used to be word to word matching. You put an exact match in, you get an exact match search term out. You match to exactly. What if you put your right foot in? Right. You take your right foot. Out. That's exactly what you got. Shake, shake it now, all. Now, when you put your right foot in, you get three other left feet, and maybe your right foot's coming back with it. You know, but variation is very much a part and built into the system now. Close variants are everyday occurrences. So as with what happened with keywords, we now get that with ads. You are now forced to create variations. And when I think when 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 you fight against that, use pinning, use very little um, headline variation. You just write the same thing, you know, with just an S on the end on one, or you know, you put a you know, you'd put a punctuation in another one, you know, to try and force the system to have very little variation, but still meet the standards. You know, you're, you may think you're winning, but you're, you're not the same people that have a bunch, whole bunch of exact match. And then they do a whole bunch of campaigns and, and have, you know, 1500 negative keywords to make sure the exact match is only the exact match. You know, yeah, you might be accomplishing something, but you're fighting the system. That's never going to work right for you. So, you know, um, I think the lesson is you learn the tool, use it, and um, it'll work out better for you because you're not fighting against the system. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where we kind of go with the flow in this one because if you don't go with the flow, these are your ads being served up. So you're probably going to run into some problems. So Chris, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we talked about what responsive ads are. We gave some insights into how to make them. And once we get back after our break and we close out the show, we're going to be talking about insights we've seen from running responsive ads for the last year or two, different things we've picked up, some performance things we've seen, and some ideas we have for them as we move into a time period where there are only ad option. So we will cover that all right after this quick break.
Optio is the tool that you need to get more done in Google Ads. This is the tool that has dashboards and creative graphs and colorful buttons and just, you know, there, there's a certain um, monotonous environment when you continue to use only the Google Ads interface and only see your data a certain way. If you want to reinvent the data, you want to see it in a different way. You want to be able to create uh, winning campaigns by viewing the data from a different angle, from a different point of view. Optio is a great tool to do that. Beyond just the tips and optimization advice that they give you in the tool, they help you see your data in a new light. There's nothing like that and the power of seeing something that you see day in and day out and suddenly see it with a different dashboard, a different type of um, layout. You know, these are very creative people. They have a lot of creative tools that they built into this and it gets better and better all the time and you can try it for free for eight weeks that's opteo.com slash psp2 the link is in the show notes try it out you're really gonna like it okay thanks chris so getting into some insights for responsive search ads i think one of the biggest things that i've come across with responsive search ads and now we're getting into the black box stuff. Now we're getting into just our experience and we can't point you to documentation. It's just stuff we've experienced over the years. If an ad group has a hundred impressions over the course of a week or a month or whatever, my hunch is that if you have responsive, a responsive search ad in there, and then say two or three expanded text ads along with that, or three or four, from what I've seen, I would bet the responsive search ad is going to get 90 of those impressions and the expanded text ads isn't go aren't going to get maybe more than 10. <laughs> yeah. Maybe sometimes I'll get a little more, but basically my point is when I've started putting responsive search ads in with expanded text ads in the same ad group, I have it just seems like Google decides to give the vast, vast majority of the impressions to the responsive search ad and my impressions just start dwindling for my expanded tech sets. Have you seen the same thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, um, it's in, in fact, I mean, since we're talking about ad copy and talking about ads and ad types, think about what Jason just said. Assume that he's half wrong. And instead, you know, if there's a hundred impressions, the responsive search ad gets 70 or 80 and the expanded text ad gets 20 or 30. You know, let's say Jason's half off with his numbers and it's actually not that bad. Imagine what that means if you are running only expanded text ads and you have no responsive. Mm. You've been fighting it and you're like, you know what? I, I like my ads. I like the control. I'm fighting, you know, this, I, I, since I can still use them indefinitely, I'm going to just keep using them. I'm never going to create a responsive. Have you ever thought about what you could be losing? You could be losing impressions. There might be an opportunity for you to show an ad when you're ineligible, you know, because uh, a certain ad type is not matching or, you know, maybe um, quality score or ad rank suffer without certain... Uh, you know, ad copy or ad types. I mean, we don't know. We don't know these things. So, know. you know, it, it, in my experience, even though I don't like the lack of control, I still use it because I, I can't afford to miss opportunities to show ads. So I totally agree. I see it. And it's taken me to the point that it's so real that 
I have to react to it by creating responsive search ads. Yeah, well, I mean, once you see it, uh, once you put in responsive search ads in an ad group with the expanded text ads, you start seeing how much of the impressions it's it's eating up, and it it, it just it gets hard to deny kind of how important these things just seem. Uh, and it's kind of hard to convey that, but I think once someone starts seeing the performance with them, they'll they'll feel that difference. Now, speaking of performance, Chris, you know, I was telling you before the show that maybe. I haven't been as impressed with the click-through rates as I have with the conversion rates, but I was actually off on that. I'm reviewing some data right now, and I'm going to rephrase what I told you. And my point is about about performance. I have been surprised and impressed with how strong the click-through rates are versus my expanded text ads and how strong the conversion rates are versus my expanded text ads. My conversion rates and click-through rates on responsive overall versus expanded text ads are way better, and it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that as well? Yeah, I, I've been surprised by because I, I was I was anticipating us getting to this point of the show because your notes say you know really great conversion rates, click-through rates are okay, and I was. I was really going to push on that because that's absolutely not what I've seen. I usually yeah, see I wrong. better click-through rates. Now, granted, Jason and I are on a level when we can write good ad copy. So I'm not going to say if you throw crappy ad copy at a responsive ad, you're probably going to get crappy click-through rates. But the level of crap will be a little better than it would be for expanded text ads. So... Even with crappy headlines, I think it can still perform better. And the cool thing is it will actually tell you, hey, you're a crap ad, write, ad writer. You know, In, a, in, a, in a, an expanded text ad, you can write crappy ads and it won't give you any idea that it's a crappy ad. It won't tell you you have no variety. You have no, uh, you know, you, you have no numbers. You have no reflective uh, question. You have no keywords in there. You know, ha- you have no call to action. Everything, you know, everything's the same thing. It's not unique enough. It won't tell you that. So, simply by the f- the, the fact that it gives you feedback on your ad copy, and the fact that it rotates it out and 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 kind of does the work for you after that, I think is I think that's what leads to better click through rates. You know, I, that's my that's that's my thought. You know, it's a of just a good way to get started here. If you don't have any responsive search ads and you have three or four expanded text ads in your ad groups, just create a responsive search ad. Use the same descriptions and headlines that you're using on the three or four expanded text ads in the ad group, but throw them all into that one responsive ad and then leave it on alongside your expanded text ads. And I think you might be surprised how much stronger they all mm. do together yeah. in one responsive ad point. than yeah. they do in their own ads. And again, it just comes back to Google doing things on their side and trying to match up the right headlines, the right descriptions, and in the right order with the right users on the right search. And we don't know this because we don't we're not inside the black box, but I would suspect suspect at the right time in their search process. So maybe they do a search moving companies, Oklahoma City. It's the first time they've done a moving search in years. Maybe your ad gets served up a certain way. And then maybe when Google sees them come back in three days after checking out 15 different moving company websites, maybe your ad gets served up in a different way. There's a lot of that stuff that might be going on, which 
is maybe responsible for these high click-through rates and high conversion rates. Uh, Chris, just to close up here, themed responsive ads. Mm. This is an idea I had. We'll close up with this. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea. It's just something I've been trying. People want control. People want to test things. People want to know if what they're doing is working. And one idea I had is that you could come up with responsive ads as themed responsive ads. And you do have 15 headlines, up to 15. You do have up to four descriptions. And so maybe you could do one responsive ad called your pricing themed ad. And that could be where you have all these different headlines and all these descriptions that focus on your awesome prices. And then maybe you have a reputational themed responsive ad where all your headlines, all your descriptions talk about your reputation, your reviews, how long you've been in business. And you can see which one of those connects more with search users. And you can have some control and insights into which one's doing better because you can just compare the performance, but you can actually know maybe what the difference is there because they're different themed ads. Am I putting too much control back into this open system that takes in a lot of data and makes good decisions for you? Or am I just adding a nice layer of human thinking and control onto the system and it complements it? How do, how do you take my themed responsive ads after hearing about it? I, I, my idea. I have never thought about this. Um, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, so I, I have no idea what, you know, how, how it would work in the system. My only concern is, um, knowing what it's like to write responsive search ads. If you tried to stick with a theme, you know, like a pricing theme versus a reputation or, you know, local leader kind of theme, you're going to have a hard time keeping that theme and still hitting all the check boxes to make it to an, an average quality responsive ad um, because of the strict stipulation about keywords, right? You always need to hit a couple keywords and, you know, how do you do keywords with, you know, some of this stuff, it might be difficult to do that. I mean, but if you can pull it off, I think that's a really cool idea. I, I've never thought about well, it. Let, before. let me, let me improve my idea. It's like, you can still have the generic stuff, the keywords okay. mixed in on both. And then you would know like, okay, they're on both. So what is the difference causing the performance difference? Oh, it's the one factor I changed. This extra stuff I added in. You can play around with it. You can go, you know what? They like keywords in, in headlines. I'm going to have every headline be keyword based and just be generic, if you will. But my descriptions are going to talk about pricing in one ad. In my descriptions, I'm going to talk about our reputation in the other oh. ad. Maybe that's a more controlled mm. way to test it. So as far as judging my own idea, like obviously I'm biased because I think I'm a genius and so I'm going to like the idea, but it's a very early idea and I, I do think it can be played with and improved, but I think it's a good way to maybe at least start thinking about how, because I, I think it's fair to say a lot of us just have one responsive ad in our ad groups along with our expanded text ads and maybe we'll get to a day a year from now where we all start having two, three, four responsive ads. It's a lot of ad copy, or maybe not. Maybe just one works well. It's hard to know how that's going to play out. If we are now married to responsive search ads, I want more power. I want more options. You know, you said it at the top of the show. Why is there only, you know, one option for path URL? I'll go even a step further. Why isn't there a second final URL? Why can't I 
have different URLs that rotate. You know, I want to try home page versus service page. I want to try product page versus all product page, you know, uh, something like that. Why, why can't I do that? So, you know, I, I feel like this move is great because if we're going to be focused on one ad type, then maybe there will be, you know, even more that we can do with it because the resources will all be devoted to this one thing. So, you know, I think, I think it's really cool. And the creativity that will come out of a lack of variety, you know, where, we, where you have a tool that has to be used creatively rather than just falling back on, you know, expanded text ads. Now we're going to have to come up with ideas like themed responsive ads and, you know, um, you know, trying multiple landing pages in one ad, you know, I mean, that's, that's a really interesting idea, you know, and, and the, the reports that could come out of that. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity there. So I think it could be really, um, could be really fun. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to our new responsive ads overlords. I'm looking forward to it, to it as well, Chris. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here, everyone listening. We will see you next week on the next episode of the Paid Search Podcast. <laughs>